Blog Talk Radio. All right, sports fans, how's everybody out there doing? William Martin coming at you one more time here on blogtalkradio.com with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show. As always, I want to take the time out to thank all of you fine folks out there for tuning in this evening. And as always, our guest call in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. And on this wonderful evening of December 31st, 2017, I can gladly once again tell the world that Miss Runner's baby boy is back on the air. And on this New Year's Eve, first and foremost, a happy and healthy and prosperous New Year of 2018 to all of you fine folks. And with just a few hours left in the calendar year of 2017, the National Football League wanted to commence its regular season today. And there were a lot of different playoff scenarios on the table some teams simply had to take care of their business while others needed some help how did it play out well here we go it started today with the baltimore ravens taking on the cincinnati Bengals. baltimore came into this contest with a record of nine and six as they were hosting the six and nine Bengals. and for baltimore it was very simple win and you were in to the playoffs. However, the Bengals came to Maryland to crash the Ravens' playoff party. Now, the Bengals would take the opening kickoff down the field and march on an eight-play, 78-yard drive that was capped off when quarterback Andy Dalton connected with Tyler Croft from a yard out to give the Bengals the early 7 to nothing advantage. Now, it was 7-3 to late in the second quarter in favor of Cincinnati when they were able to extend their lead as Dalton connected with Croft again, this time from five yards out, and it capped off a nine-play 72-yard drive as Cincinnati was now ahead 14-3. to Now, after a Randy Bullock field goal extended the Bengals' lead to 17-3, it looked like they were going to take a two-touchdown advantage to the dressing room. However, Chris Moore would return the ensuing kickoff 88 yards to the Cincinnati six-yard line. And on the ensuing play, Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco found Moore in the end zone from six yards out to make it 17-10. And at this point, it looked like Baltimore had the momentum. Now the Ravens would get the opening kickoff of the second half, and they were marching down the field. And Flacco connected or attempted to connect with Moore again. This time Moore was unable to hold on to the football, and it ended up in the hands of Bengals defensive back Darquez Denard, who returned it 89 yards for the touchdown to give Cincinnati the 24-10 to lead. However, Baltimore would immediately respond as they scored on a 17-yard touchdown run from Alex Collins to make it 24-17. to Now, midway through the fourth quarter, Cincinnati was nursing a four-point lead at 24-20 to when the Ravens mounted a drive, and it ended – when Flacco connected with wide receiver Mike Wallace on a six-yard touchdown pass to give Baltimore their first lead of the game at 27-24. to And at this point, you figured that the Bengals would become unraveled and this Ravens defense would be able to close the door, but that was not the case. Baltimore, Cincinnati, rather, uh, got the ball with just under three minutes left deep in their own territory, matter of fact, at their own 10-yard line, and they proceeded to put together an 11-play 90-yard drive that was aided by several penalties uh, from the Baltimore Ravens defense. And then on 4th and 12, Andy Dalton connected with Tyler Boyd, who found the soft spot in the Ravens zone, and he scampered 49 yards to put the Bengals ahead by the score of 31 to 27. Now Baltimore would get the football back, but this Raven, uh, pardon me, this Bengals defense stiffened up and they closed the door on the Ravens this afternoon by the score of 31 to 27. You look inside of the numbers 
And for Andy Dalton, he was 23 off 44 passing today for 222 yards with three TDs and no picks. The Bengals did muster 146 yards of rushing today with 96 of those coming from rookie running back Joe Mixon on 18 carries. Now, Joe Flacco was 25 of 47 passing for 203 yards with two TDs and a pick. Of course, that was a costly pick that turned into a touchdown for the Bengals. Alex Collins did have 78 yards on 20 carries. However, it was not enough as Baltimore fell at home by the score of 31 to 27. And you look at this game, this was very, first and foremost, it was very surprising for the Ravens because typically the Ravens are a team. I know that they've had their fair share of injuries this season, but when they know what is at stake, they typically rise to the occasion and seize the moment. Baltimore did not do that. If you go back to week number one, the Ravens, they went on the road against Cincinnati and dominated them 20 to nothing. And you watch the start of this game, and Baltimore basically, it looked like they just came out there and said, you know what, we can do it again. Now, the Bengals theoretically did not have anything to play for, but they were playing for their head coach because a lot of reports coming out of Cincinnati are that this was Marvin Lewis's final game as the Bengals head coach. So they went out there. They tried to send them off in the right way. I know that the Bengals were eliminated a few weeks ago, and it looked like they had, you know, packed it in. But they came back. They played hard at home last week versus Detroit and got the win, and they did the same today. And for the Baltimore Ravens, this was tailor-made for them. You go out there, you play hard D, you run the ball, you win the game. They didn't do that. And their defense had the opportunity to close the door on this Cincinnati team late, and they didn't do that. And because of that, uh, Baltimore is sitting at home, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, as there won't be any playoffs for the Ravens once again. And you look at this team all, 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 all throughout the year, you know, they, they didn't have it on offense. And, you know, it was their defense and their special teams that carried them. And in this game, their defense led them down. Now, Baltimore is going to look back at this game. They also had some, you know, very hard-fought, questionable, close losses. You go back to the Pittsburgh loss on the road a few weeks ago. You go back to the questionable loss earlier in the season at home versus the Chicago Bears. All of that stuff adds up. And now for the Ravens, their season is over. Now, a team that was hopeful to see the Baltimore Ravens lose was the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo came into play today with a record of 8-7, and seven, and they were traveling to take on the 6-9 and nine Miami Dolphins. And for Buffalo, they needed to win, but they needed some help as well. And they, they looked at it. You, you had the Titans who were 8-7 and seven coming into play today, the Bills, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So Buffalo knew, especially since they would not get a tiebreaker over the Chargers, that they needed to get their win, but they also – needed some help and going down to South Florida Buffalo really came into this game with a purpose as early on in the first quarter they took the lead when quarterback Tyrod Taylor connected with fullback Nick O'Leary on a 26-yard touchdown pass to give the Bills the 7 to nothing advantage now moving ahead to the third quarter it was 13 to nothing in favor of Buffalo after a pair of Stephen Hauschka field goals when it appeared that this was about to be a runaway when defensive tackle Kyle Williams uh, lined up as a fullback and he scored on a one-yard touchdown plunge to give the Bills the commanding 19 to nothing lead. Now, Miami did attempt to come back into this game, and this is when things got very interesting. As midway through the fourth, the Dolphins were down 22-3 to when they put together a 10-play, 75-yard drive that was capped off when quarterback David Fales connected with Wide receiver Jarvis Landry on a one-yard pass to make it 22-9. to However, on the touchdown play, Landry uh, proceeded to get into it with a Bills defensive back, which caused a huge fight on the field between both teams. I'm not sure how Kenyon Drake and Jarvis Landry were the only two guys who were rejected. There, were plenty, there was plenty of not only pushing and shoving, but more importantly, there were fists being thrown 
and helmets were ripped off. Kenyon Drake uh, got his helmet ripped off, and he ripped off the helmet of a player of the Buffalo Bills. And since the refs saw that, uh, Mr. Drake uh, found himself heading for the shower room. Nonetheless, it was 22 to nine after Miami failed to make the two-point conversion. They would get the football back, and with just under two minutes left, uh, fails to score on a one-yard run to make it 22 to 16, as it looked like. Buffalo was going to choke this game away. Now, with that said, the Bill, uh, the Dolphins rather did go for the onside kick, and they did recover, and they had an opportunity to steal this game from Buffalo, but Fails was picked off late, and the Bills were able to run out the clock as Buffalo went on the road today and got the 22-16 to victory over the Dolphins. And you look inside of this game, and if you're Miami, this game was a microcosm of your season. 14 penalties for 145 yards. Plain and simple, that is not going to get it done. Now, for the Bills, they did this with primarily without the services of running back LaShawn McCoy. He was lost early on to an ankle injury. And for the Bills' sake, I'll get to that in a minute, they will need to have a healthy uh, McCoy going forward. Now, Tyrod Taylor was 19 of 27 passing for 204 yards with a TD, while David Fails was 29 of 42 for 265 with a TD and a pick. And it's unfortunate for the Dolphins that both Kenyon Drake and Jarvis Landry were rejected because at the time of their rejections, Kenyon Drake had 75 yards on 14 carries while Jarvis Landry had nine catches for 92 yards. But it did not matter as Miami fell short today. And for Buffalo, coupled with the loss by the Baltimore Ravens, the Bills are playoff bound for the first time since 1999. And credit to Sean McDermott because this has been an up-and-down season for him. The Bills, they got off to that, that fast start. They were 5-2. and two. A lot of people were believing in them. And then the wheels began to fall off, and it almost looked as if McDermott was about to lose his team when he benched Tyrod Taylor in favor of rookie quarterback Nathan Peterman. And, of course, for Peterman, he went out there and his only start of the season versus the Los Angeles Chargers, and he threw five interceptions in the first half. And it almost came back to bite this team because you, you just had to wonder, well, if Tyrod Taylor had started that game, how would things have worked out for the Buffalo Bills? But you know what? They continued to hang around. They fought, they scrapped, and they clawed. And because of that, Credit to the Buffalo Bills, and I know that their fan base has to be ecstatic right now because you're talking about they have not seen this team make the playoffs this millennium. You have to go back to uh, Doug Flutie was their starting quarterback, and then, of course, he got benched going into the playoffs in favor of Rob Johnson that year, and, of course, the rest was history. And to give you an idea of how long that it was for the Bills, they still had Bruce Smith on the team. So, yeah. So, I mean, credit to the Buffalo Bills. They're headed to the playoffs. Like I said, this game right here was a microcosm of the Miami Dolphins' season. They're six, they finished 6-10. and 10. I mean, they were 10-6 last, last season. They got a wild-card spot in uh, the uh, AFC playoffs. But for their sake, it's a situation, you know what, their record doesn't, it really doesn't show how bad that this season was for Miami. I mean, there was a lack of leadership up and down. I know they had the Ryan Tannehill injury. Jay Cutler really didn't come in and provide the spark at quarterback that they had hoped that he would that he would bring. They traded Jay Ajayi. They threatened to trade Jarvis Landry. And, I mean, with his contract being up, you, had, you just have to wonder uh, that he played his final game with the Dolphins today. And if he did, he did not go out on the right foot as far as getting ejected at home. So, folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. Another team with one of those win-and-in scenarios were the Tennessee Titans. Titans came into play today with a record of 8-7, and seven, but they were nursing a three-game losing streak. And for the Titans, they were host the 10 and 5 Jacksonville Jaguars who had already clinched the division title for the AFC South. And now the scoring got going for this game after a scoreless first quarter rather early on in the second 
uh, running back Derrick Henry exploded for a 66-yard run. Pardon me, he was a recipient of a 66-yard pass from quarterback Marcus Mariota to give the Titans the uh, 6-0 advantage as place kicker Ryan Suckup had his extra point blocked. Now, the Titans would take a 12-3 lead to the half after a pair of Ryan Suckup field goals. And midway through the third quarter, they extended that lead to 15-3 as Suckup connected on his third field goal of the game. However, the Titans would allow the Jaguars back into this game as a fumble early on in the, four, in the first quarter, or fourth quarter, rather, was recovered by Yannick Nagulwe, who returned it 67 yards for the touchdown to make it 15-10. to 10. Now, the Jags did have an opportunity to stop the Titans late and get the football back. However, the elusiveness of Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota came into play as he was able to outrun the Jacksonville defense, get a first down, and subsequently Tennessee was able to basically run out the clock because by the time they gave the football away to Jacksonville, there wasn't that much time left. And then uh, Jags quarterback Blake Bortles was picked off. And Tennessee is playoff bound after they defeated Jacksonville today by the score of 15-10. to 10. And you look inside of the numbers for Blake Bortles, he was 15 of 34 passing today for 158 yards with no TDs and two picks, while Marcus Mariota was 12 of, 30, of 21 passing for 134 yards with one TD and no pick while he was sacked three times. There really was not a lot of offense in this game today as it was all about the defenses, but Tennessee moved the football enough. Of course, those three field goals by Ryan Suckup loomed huge, and the Titans are playoff bound for the first time since 2008. And, you know, credit to Mike Malarkey, uh, the Titans head coach, because this was a situation similar to what I talked about with the Buffalo Bills. Of course, no quarterback was benched here, but Tennessee was 8-4 and four a few weeks ago, and they were looking pretty in regards to possibly winning the AFC South because they were tied with Jacksonville and there was a possibility that this game right here would decide the division winner. However, you know, things went bad for Tennessee as they went on a three-game losing streak. Now, luckily for the Titans, all three of those losses came against NFC West opponents. So it hurt them in the standings, but it did not hurt them in the race to make the playoffs because they still had a shot, and they turned around. And they faced a Jacksonville team today that had something to play for, not from the standpoint that they could not improve their seeding because they knew that they were going to be the number three seed heading into the postseason. But for Jacksonville, they lost on the road last week against the San Francisco 49ers in a game in which they gave up 44 points. Their defense did not play well. Their quarterback did not play well. And they needed to get that bad taste out of their mouths heading into the playoffs. Now, for Jacksonville, their defense did play better today, but their quarterback didn't. As Blake Bortles once again threw two interceptions, and we've said it before, you, you look at Jacksonville and their ability to run the football and play defense, nobody is ever going to question that. What you are going to question is the quarterback play of Blake Bortles because that could be the one thing, and that more than likely will be the thing that holds this team back in the postseason is his overall play, and if he can't get it done, it is going to be a shame because you look at the team around him, and Jacksonville has a Super Bowl contender. But getting back to the Titans, their ability just to take care of their business and find a way to get into the postseason, and it does not matter how you get there, just get there. And for Tennessee, you know, it's been it's been a long climb to this. It was It was just a few years ago. This team had the first pick in the draft. And now they've they've been able to turn things around. They found a way. They found a way to get to the postseason. And congratulations to them and their entire organization. Now there was another team that was looking to get to the postseason today, but they would need some help. And that was the eight and seven Los Angeles Chargers, as they were hosting the six and nine Oakland Raiders. Now the Chargers took the opportunity to take care of their business and put the Raiders away early as Keenan Allen picked up a fumble 
by running back Melvin Ingram, and he did the rest as he scampered 27 yards with the, with the football to give the Chargers the early 7 to nothing lead. Now, Oakland would come right back when quarterback Derek Carr would connect with wide receiver Amari Cooper on a big bomb for an 87-yard touchdown pass to knock the score at 7 apiece. Now, it was 10-7 late in the second quarter in favor of Oakland, when Los Angeles would reclaim the lead, when quarterback Phillip Rivers would connect with wide receiver Tyrell Williams on a 56-yard touchdown pass to give the Chargers the 14-10 lead. And just before the first half ended, Rivers found Keenan Allen, this time from six yards out, as the Chargers extended their lead to 20-10. Now, it was 23-10 in favor of Los Angeles late in the third quarter when Rivers connected with wide receiver Travis Benjamin on a 62-yard touchdown pass to make it 30-10. to 10. And that was all that the Chargers would need this afternoon as they went on to win this contest today by that exact score. And you look inside of the numbers for this contest, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr was 19 of 28 passing for 243 yards with a TD and a pick, while Phillip Rivers had a big game as he was 28 of 37 passing for 387 yards with three TDs and no interceptions. Marshawn Lynch, in possibly his final game as a Raider, had 101 yards on three on 19 carries, while Melvin Gordon had 93 yards on 17 carries for the Chargers. Amari Cooper only had three receptions today for the Silver and Black, but he made the most of them as he had 115 yards with a touchdown grab while Keenan Allen had himself an afternoon, nine catches, 133 yards, and ATD for the Bolts. And for the Chargers, it was a strong finish. They were 9-7. and seven. They needed so much help going into play today, and they simply did not get it. And once, uh, you know, things fell, fell, uh, fell against them in this one, you know, it, it was a heartbreaker, but you know what? The Chargers have nobody to blame but themselves. Such a slow start. They began this season with a record of 0-4, and, and you go back to the missed field goal at the beginning of the season to tie the game and send it to overtime versus the Broncos. You go back to the missed field goal in week two at home versus the Dolphins, which could have won the game. They lost twice to Kansas City, and Kansas City won this division with a record of 9-7. and seven. So, so, I mean, oh, pardon me, 10 and 6, rather. So it's a situation where they just simply did not take care of the business. It's typical Chargers. It's something that we not only have seen this year, but we've seen it in years past. And you, you, you keep saying to yourself, well, maybe the Chargers will take care of their business. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. They simply don't do it. And because of that, you know, they're the kings of 9 and 7, eight and eight, seven and nine. And because of that, it does not matter if it is Los Angeles or if it is San Diego, the Chargers simply find ways to lose these games. Now for the Raiders, they came into the season with so much promise after finally making the playoffs last year for the first time since 2002, they regressed that Derek Carr injury earlier in the season was big. I've said it before. I told people this last year, and I'll say it again. Whenever you have a franchise that is set to move, it does not work out. Either you do the move right away or you just think twice about it because now this team was sitting there for three years, and for whatever reason, it does not work out because, like, all the -the off-the-field stuff becomes a distraction. We saw it with the Rams during their final time in St. Louis. Granted, it was more to it than just that. We saw it with the original version of the Cleveland Browns, and it happened once again with the Oakland Raiders this season. And subsequently, the Raiders' disappointment this season cost head coach Jack Del Rio his job today. As following the loss to the Chargers, he was fired after three seasons where he compiled a 25-23 and record. And I know Jack Del Rio deserved a little better fate than that, but at the end of the day, he will always be remembered as the guy who was able to find a way to get the Raiders back to the postseason. Folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. 
Now, moving right along today, you had the 11-4 and Carolina Panthers traveling to Atlanta to take on the 9-6 and Falcons. And for the defending NFC champions, it was plain and simple. You win this game, and you are back in the postseason. But it was not going to be easy for a Carolina team that still had an outside shot of winning the NFC South today. Now, for the Falcons, they came out with the right attitude. They marched down the field on the opening kickoff, and it ensued in a touchdown when quarterback Matt Ryan connected with running back Devonta Freeman on a 19-yard touchdown pass to cap off a 10-play 75-yard drive to give the Falcons the early 7 to nothing advantage. Just before the first half ended, Carolina would tie the game when quarterback Cam Newton connected with wide receiver Devin Funches on a four-yard pass to make the score seven apiece, and this capped off a 16-play, 78-yard drive, which ate up nearly eight-and-a-half minutes worth of game clock. Now, the rest of the game would be dominated by field goals and defense, most notably the Falcons' defense, as in the second half, They shut down this Panthers offense. They forced three turnovers. They limited Carolina to just 248 yards of total offense for the entire game. And Atlanta closed the door on Carolina, and they ensured themselves of a playoff berth with a 22-10 victory. And you look inside of the stats for this game, Panthers quarterback Cam Newton will not likely remember this one as he was 14 of 34 passing today for a buck 80 with one TD and three picks, while Matt Ryan was 28 of 45 passing for 317 yards with a TD and a pick. Devonta Freeman was big coming out of the backfield today for Atlanta as he had nine catches for 85 yards and a big TD, while Deion Jones led the Falcons in tackles with 10. And for the Falcons, I give them a ton of credit because coming into this season, I didn't think that they were going to make it back to the playoffs. For the simple fact, I was worried about the Super Bowl hangover. We saw it at times throughout this season with this team. But they found a way, and they took care of their business coming down the stretch, and they're back in the tournament. And, you know, for Carolina, they had an opportunity to still win the NFC South. Uh, They needed the Saints to lose, and, of course, they would have to win this game right here. But, you know, they they got a tough draw today. And, I mean, the Falcons, it was very loud at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the ATL. And the Panthers, pardon me, the the Falcons were able to feed off of that in their play. And because of that, they're postseason bound. And this is a team that could do some damage in uh, January. Now, the other NFC South, matchup this afternoon you had the 11 and 4 New Orleans Saints taking on the 4 and 11 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and for Tampa they you know they got a they got an early drive going in the first quarter a 14 play 75 yarder exactly and it was capped off by a 1 yard run from Peyton Barber to give Tampa the early uh 7 to nothing advantage now New Orleans would immediately respond as running back Alvin Kamara, who is in the mix to be the NFL Rookie of the Year, returned the kickoff 106 yards for the touchdown to knock the score at 17 apiece. However, later in the first quarter, the Saints would get their first lead of the game when it was Kamara again, this time just scoring on a seven-yard run to give the Saints the 14-7 advantage. Now, midway through the second quarter, Tampa would score their second touchdown of the game when quarterback Jameis Winston leaped over the goal line through the pile for a one-yard touchdown run to make it 14-13 as the extra point was blocked. Now, it was 17-13 in favor of New Orleans going to the fourth quarter when the momentum of this contest was changed. There was a fumble on a punt that was recovered by Isaiah Johnson, who returned it seven yards for the touchdown to give Tampa Bay the 20-7 lead. However, the Saints would immediately respond by putting together a 13-play, 92-yard drive that was capped off when quarterback Drew Brees connected with fullback Zach Line on a three-yard touchdown pass to give the Saints 
the 24-20 to 20 lead. Now, after a Patrick Murray field goal made it 24-23, to 23, the Saints were clinging to their lead, but their defense could not hold it. As of just under two minutes left, the Bucs began a long march that resulted in Jameis Winston connecting with rookie wide receiver Chris Goodwin on a 39-yard touchdown pass with just nine seconds left to make it 29-24. to The Bucs would go for the ensuing two-point conversion, and it was true when Winston connected with wide receiver Mike Evans to make it 31-24 to as Tampa Bay would go on to pull off the upset today over the Saints at home. And for New Orleans, you look inside of the stats of this game, their defense did let them down. They did force three interceptions of Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston, but they simply could not close the door. Quarterback Drew Brees was 22 of 30 passing today for 245 yards with the TD, but New Orleans was limited to just 92 yards rushing. Jameis Winston was 28 of 51 passing today for 363 yards with a TD, and I did talk about those three picks, but the Saints could not take advantage of that. And this contest right here is a credit to the Bucks' defense because they limited New Orleans to just 17 points on offense. Of course, they had the one touchdown by the Kamara uh, kickoff return. But it's a situation, as long as you can slow down or shut down the Saints rushing attack in in, in the fashion that Tampa Bay was able to do today. New Orleans is not the same team. And their defense, I understand that they did force uh, three uh, interceptions of Winston, but it's a situation where, you know, they got to go out there and make the plays, especially late, get that key stop, get off the field, get the win. And this was a very, very, very bad loss uh, for the Saints, and I'll talk about that later. And for the Bucks, you know, it was a strong way for you to finish off your season. You got the news that, you know, your head coach, Dirk Cutter, would could be coming back for 2018, and this team was still playing hard for him. And that was a big reason why ownership uh, decided to allow to keep him around. And because of that, Tampa Bay could potentially have some momentum to build off of heading in to 2018. Now, moving right along, you had the 7-8 and eight Arizona Cardinals looking to play spoiler as they travel to the Pacific Northwest to take on the 9-6 and six Seattle Seahawks. And for Seattle, they needed to win this game, but they also needed an Atlanta loss to be qualified for the postseason. And Seattle simply did not come out with that fight. As Arizona took the opening kickoff and marched down the field on a 10-play, 73-yard drive that ate up more than six minutes' worth of game clock, and it was capped off when quarterback Drew Stanton connected with wide receiver Jerron Brown on a 25-yard touchdown pass to give Arizona the early 7 to nothing advantage. Now, Seattle would immediately respond when Tyler Lockett returned the ensuing kickoff 99 yards for the score to not to not the, uh, the score at seven apiece. Now it was ten to seven in favor of Arizona early in the second quarter when Elijah Penny scored on a four-yard run to give the Cards the seventeen to seven advantage. It was twenty to seven at the half in favor of Arizona. And then Seattle came out, and they tried to play like gangbusters. They took the opening kickoff of the second half, and they marched down the field on a 10-play 80-yard drive, which ate up more than six minutes' worth of game clock. And it was capped off by a uh, uh, Russell Wilson pass to his BFF and wide receiver, Doug Baldwin, from 18 yards out to make it 20-14. to Now, it was 23-17 to in favor of Arizona, in the fourth quarter when the Seahawks would get their first lead of the contest when Wilson would connect with Baldwin again, this time from 29 yards out, to make it 24-3. to However, that lead would be short-lived as later on in the fourth, Phil Dawson would connect on a 42-yard field goal as Arizona regained the lead at 26-24. And the Cardinals would go on to hold on for that score and completely Play spoiler today for the Seahawks as the Arizona Cardinals finished their season with a record of 8-8 eight and eight, while the Seahawks were 9-7. and seven. And you look inside of the numbers for Cardinals quarterback Drew Stanton, it wasn't pretty. He was 15-34 of 34 passing today for a buck 45 with a TD and a pick 
while Russell Wilson was 18 of 29 passing for 221 yards with two TDs. Now, Larry Fitzgerald had eight grabs for 55 yards, while Doug Baldwin had four catches for 90 yards, and, of course, those two touchdowns. And for Seattle, this was a tale of two teams because they played so much better in the second half. But I'll take it back to last week. The Seahawks knew that if they lost that game to the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday, they were eliminated. The the loser of that game was eliminated. And the Seahawks, from the opening kickoff, played with an extreme sense of urgency. We did not see that this afternoon at home versus the Cardinals. And you knew if you were Seattle, if you won and Atlanta lost, you were headed to the playoffs. I don't understand this. And, I mean, granted, listen, the Seahawks had a ton of injuries, especially in their secondary. But they shut down the Dallas offense last week at home. This was not the same defense day. This was not the same intensity. And this was a very, very, very uh, bad way for them to miss their opportunity to get to the postseason. And, you know, I, I, it's going to be a long off season in the Pacific Northwest because I think that there are, are going to be some changes uh, made to this team on both sides of the football. Seattle has struggled to run the football for so many years. And like I said, it all started when quarterback Russell Wilson took that massive contract because once you do that, the players around you, uh, you know, they change because you can't play, you can't pay everybody. And Wilson is finding that out the hard way uh, right now. Now, in regards to the cards, I mean, there's rumors that Bruce Arians, their head coach, could be ready to walk away after this game. And if he is, the Cardinals did finish the season on the right foot. They shut out the Giants at home last Sunday, and then, they, like I said, they went out there and played spoiler today. And I think Bruce Arians does not get enough credit for being a good head coach because you look at it, if there has been one team that has been fearless when it comes to going – Century Link Field and playing the Seahawks, which is a very tough place to play. It's been Bruce Arians as he just picked up his third victory there versus his NFC West rival. Now, the other NFC West meeting today had the five and ten San Francisco 49ers traveling to take on the eleven and four Los Angeles Rams. Now, for the Rams, uh, they rested a lot of their guys coming into this game. And San Francisco did take advantage of that. It was three to nothing uh, in the first quarter in favor of San Fran when they put the game's first touchdown on the board. When quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo connected with wide receiver Marquise Goodwin on an eight-yard touchdown pass to give the 49ers the ten to nothing advantage. Now it was thirteen to three late in the second quarter in favor of San Francisco when they basically put this game away as Carlos Hyde scored on an eight yard touchdown run to make it twenty to three. It was twenty to six at the half in favor of the Niners, and then midway through the third quarter it was Carlos Hyde once again punching it in this time from five yards out to make it twenty seven to six as the Niners would roll the Rams today by the score of thirty four. To 13. And you look inside of the numbers, Jimmy Garoppolo was 20 of 33 passing today for 292 yards with two TDs and two picks versus the Rams. No Jared Goff at quarterback today for Los Angeles as head coach Sean McVay relied on Sean Mannion. And it wasn't pretty as Mannion was 20 of 34 passing for Bucks 69 with no TDs, no interceptions, and he was intercepted three times by this San Fran defense. There was no Todd Gurley at running back today for the Rams, and there were several starters who rested for Los Angeles on defense, which included all-pro defensive tackle Aaron Donald, and it showed as San Francisco was able to run up and down the Coliseum floor versus this Rams defense to the tune of 171 rushing yards, with 90 of those coming from Carlos Hyde on two touchdowns. And for the Rams... They lucked out because both the Saints and Panthers lost. So they will get that three seed heading into the playoffs. And that's why I said it was so important for both New Orleans and Carolina to go out there and take care of their business. And they didn't, especially with New Orleans, because things could have changed as far as your matchup goes uh, for next week. But for the Rams, 
they got their rest, and now it's time to focus towards the playoffs and hosting a playoff game next Saturday. And for the San Francisco 49ers, this was something for them to build off of here because this team was 1-10. And ever since they inserted Jimmy Garoppolo as a team starting quarterback, things have really gotten turned around. The Niners have won uh, five straight. They're going into the offseason with a ton of momentum. And where everybody was, a lot of people were looking at this team as far as having a high pick once again, San Francisco has found themselves falling a little bit down as far as the draft slot goes. And that's a credit to, you know, John Lynch, their general manager, along with head coach Kyle Shanahan. And now you, you put Jimmy Garoppolo into that mix as well. This 49ers team, if they have themselves a solid offseason, they could be a team that to, to be reckoned with heading into 2018. Folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. Now, moving right along, in Foxborough, Massachusetts today, you had the 12-3 and New England Patriots hosting the 5-10 and New York Jets. And for the Pats, they were looking to take care of business versus their AFC East rivals because a victory here by New England would ensure them of having home field advantage once again in the AFC playoffs. And for the Pats, they did not waste any time as they marched right down the field on the opening drive to the tune of a 13-play, 75-yard drive that ate up five and a half minutes worth of game clock and it was capped off by a three-yard run from Deion Lewis to give New England the seven to nothing lead. Now the Jets kept it close for the majority of the first half but late in the second quarter New England put this game away as Brady, uh, Tom Brady their starting quarterback connected with wide receiver Brandon Cooks on a five-yard touchdown pass as this capped off a 10-play 73-yard drive that ate up nearly four and a half minutes of game clock as the Patriots extended their lead to 14-3. to And in typical New England fashion, they find a way to get those scores just before the first half ended, and they did it once again today, as Deion Lewis was the recipient of a Tom Brady pass from five yards out with just 20 seconds left in the half to give New England the 21-3 to advantage, as the Patriots would not look back today as they cruised at home today by the score of 26 to 6. And you look inside of the numbers for Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, he was 18 to 37 passing for a buck 90 with two TDs and no interceptions while he was sacked twice before he gave way to backup quarterback Brian Hoyer. Jets quarterback Bryce Petty was 19 of 36 passing for 232 yards with no TDs and no picks while he was sacked four times, including being sacked in his own end zone, which resulted in a safety. Now the Jets defense wanted to take away Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski, and they did as he did not have a reception today, but it simply did not matter as New England, who came into the season as a defending Super Bowl champions, are looking good heading into the postseason. And, you know, it's another dominating season for the Patriots. Uh, You know, what can you say? Tom Brady at the age of 40, he's still getting it done. Obviously, probably has one or two more years in him. And I know that plenty of people are going to question the Jimmy Garoppolo trade now because of, you know, what he is becoming with the San Francisco 49ers. But right now, Tom, terrific is still the guy under center for New England, and this team is not skipping a beat. Lost in the game today, I talked about the uh, Bryce Petty being sacked four times by this Patriots defense. Two of those came from James Harrison, and of course, we know what happened last week when uh, James Harrison was cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He cleared waivers, and then he was picked up by the New England Patriots, and at 39 years of age, Harrison is showing that he, had, that he can definitely still get it done in this league. He went out there uh, in the fourth quarter when this game was over and he just had his way as he was wreaking havoc. And I think that is definitely going to be big for this new England Patriots team heading into the playoffs. The uh, Patriots main competition 
in the AFC heading into the postseason are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like New England, Pittsburgh came into play today with a record of 12-3, and but they needed a victory coupled with a Patriots loss in order to get home field advantage. And, of course, that was out the window once uh, once New, uh, New England won. Now, for Pittsburgh, they sat some of their starters today versus the Cleveland Browns, starting with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and running back Le'Veon Bell. But will they, will they still have enough in their arsenal to get the victory versus the Browns? Now, the Steelers would take the opening kickoff down the field with Landry Jones under center on their opening drive, and they march down to the tune of an eight-play, 72-yard drive that ate up more than four minutes' worth of game clock, and it was capped off by a 29-yard run from wide receiver Darius Haywood Bay to give Pittsburgh the early 7 to nothing advantage. Now, early in the second quarter, the Steelers would extend their lead when Landry Jones connected with rookie wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster on a 20-yard touchdown pass to give the Steelers the 14 to nothing lead. Now, the Browns would make a game of this as on their ensuing drive, Duke Johnson Jr. punched it in from two yards out to make it 14-7. to But Pittsburgh came right back with a score of their own as Stephen Ridley punched it in for a four-yard run as this capped off an eight-play, 75-yard drive as the Steelers are in front now by the score of 21-14. to But the Browns would be pesky all afternoon long, and just 46 seconds later, rookie quarterback Deshaun Kaiser connected with Rashard Higgins on a 56-yard touchdown pass to make it 21-14. to Early in the third quarter, the Browns would take the opening kickoff of the second half and march down the field on a quick seven-play 68-yard drive. It was capped off when Kaiser found Higgins again, this time from five yards out, to knock the score at 21 apiece. But on the ensuing kickoff, it was Smith-Schuster doing it all today as he returned the kickoff 96 yards for the score to give the Steelers the 28-21 to advantage. Now, it was 28-24 to in favor of Pittsburgh late in this contest when Cleveland had an opportunity to get the win. But on fourth down, Kaiser's pass to Corey Coleman was incomplete as it went right through the wide receiver's hands. Pittsburgh would get the football back and run out the clock and the Steelers would hold on for the 13, pardon me, the 28 to 24 victory. You look inside of the numbers, Deshaun Kaiser was 16 of 30 today for 200, pardon me, for 314 yards with two TDs and a pick, while Landry Jones was 23 of 27 passing for 239 yards with a TD and a pick and three sacks. The Steelers had 124 yards on the ground today with 80 of those coming from Stephen Ridley on 17 carries, while Juju Smith-Schuster had another big game as he had nine catches for a buck 43 with a TD, while Martavis Bryant was also solid in the receiving game for Pittsburgh with six catches for 65 yards. <clears throat> and first I'll get to the Steelers. No Big Ben, no Le'Veon Bell, and you still go out there and you take care of your business. And for the Steelers, this was important to get this win because they're not, they, you know, they don't have home field advantage, and they knew that they were going to have um, a first-round bye already in this, uh, heading into the postseason. But still, you know, for them to go out there and go into the playoffs on a positive note, that, I, I think that was the biggest thing uh, for the Steelers to take away from this contest. So no big men, no Le'Veon Bell, and you really pushed your depth today. And guys really stepped up, and that's a credit to Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, because they simply went out there and uh, they found a way to take care of their business. Now, for the Cleveland Browns, what can you say that has not been said? The Cleveland Browns joined the 2007 Detroit Lions as the only team in NFL history to go winless for a 16-game regular season. Of course, the Bucks did it in 76 as an expansion team with a record of 0-14. You had the Baltimore Colts of 1982 who won 0-8-1. That was in the strike-shortened season. And you had the Dallas Cowboys in their expansion year of 1960. They went 0-11-1. But you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. This is a team <clears> – this is an organization, rather, that simply has not been right since they came back into the National Football League uh, – you know, in 1999, I don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're going. 
And you've seen this team. They've, they've multiple years they've had the number one overall pick. They had it last year. They're going to have it again this year. They're also going to have the fourth overall pick because they get that from the Houston Texans. John Dorsey is their new general manager. He comes to Cleveland. He, was, he, he worked in Kansas City a few years ago as their GM, and he helped to get things turned around. Can he find the right formula? I mean, the Browns have a ton of picks. But to me, I think Cleveland's biggest thing, they've got to go out there and they've got to find veteran players to plug into this team because coming into the season, the Browns only had three guys on the roster the age of 30 or older. Also on top of that, the Browns only had three guys that had playoff experience. So you can have all of these young guys. You have some talented players, or at least players that have potential on this team, such as Miles Garrett, such as Jabril Peppers, such as Josh Gordon. But who's going to show these guys how to, what it takes to win in this league if you don't have any veterans there? That's the biggest thing for the Browns. And changing the culture inside of a locker room is so difficult. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Changing the culture is so difficult. So John Dorsey is going to have a lot of leeway from head, from team owner Jimmy Haslam to try to turn things around. I mean, they're bringing back Hugh Jackson as their head coach. He's 1-31 in and two seasons as the head coach of the Browns. The bottom line is the first thing that the Cleveland Browns need to do for next season, they cannot have a rookie starter on the center once again. They gave second-round pick to Sean Kaiser the reins basically for the majority of the season. I thought Kaiser had some potential coming into the NFL out of Notre Dame, but whatever potential he had, the Browns ruined because he got beat up all season long physically and mentally and the team around him because these guys simply don't know what it takes to uh, win in the NFL. Now, moving right along, you had the 8-7 and seven Dallas Cowboys who were just playing out the string Traveling to the city of brotherly love to take on the 13-2 and two Philadelphia Eagles. And this was a defensive struggle for Rout. I know that the Eagles were resting some defensive starters, but they still had backup quarterback Nick Foles out there, and he simply could not get it done versus this Cowboys defense all afternoon long. And the only score of this contest came early in the fourth quarter when Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott connected with wide receiver Bryce Butler on a 20-yard touchdown pass to make it uh, 6 nothing as Dan Bailey's extra point was no good, and this capped off a 12-play, 99-yard drive for Dallas. But Philly would fall today at home by the score of 6 to nothing, And for the Eagles, they were looking to go undefeated at home today. That did not happen, and they were limited to just 219 yards of total offense. And I'll tell you like this. Philly was also... 2 of 11 on third down. If you're the Eagles, you've got to be worried. And I'm not talking about their defense because, again, they were resting guys today and they still limited Dallas to just six points. But the thing was, Nick Foles did not look sharp when he played. He was, he was 4 of 11 for 39 yards. And then you had, you know, he, he made way for Nate Sudfeld, who was 19 of 23 passing for buck 34, and he was sacked three times by this Cowboys defense. But if you go back to the last two games for Nick Foles as quarterback, he has not looked good. I mean, he did whatever he wanted to versus the Giants a few weeks ago as as Philly was able to come back and and win that game. But you're talking about last week against the Raiders and this week against the Cowboys. That really, if if, if you're somebody within that Eagles organization, this might be something that concerns you because the playoffs are right around the corner. And Nick Foles is supposed to be your guy right now with no uh, uh, with, with no uh, Carson Wentz as he's lost for the, regular, uh, for the rest of the season with that ACL injury. So, I mean, if, if you're the Eagles, you've got to be worried about this. I mean, for Dallas, you know, it's, typical, it's a typical Jason Garrett season. I mean, they, they, were, they were the top dogs in the NFC last year. Of course, they were still one and done in the playoffs. But, you know, Jason Garrett, he's a king of eight and sevens. Oh, pardon me, eight and eights and nine and sevens. Now that Jeff Fisher 
is no longer a head coach in the NFL, but uh, I don't know what to say about Dallas. I mean, the thing is that, that Ezekiel Elliott suspension really uh, did them in. At least they finished on a positive note. But knowing Jerry Jones, their their owner, since the Cowboys did finish on a positive note, he'll probably go out there and give Jason Garrett an extension. Folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. Now, you look around the NFL and the other games, the Lions defeated the Packers today 35-11 to as Detroit finished with a winning record in consecutive seasons for the first time in a long time. While this marks not only the first time the Green Bay will miss the playoffs, it's the first time uh, since 2008 that the Packers will finish the season with a losing record. Of course, a lot of that was due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers was lost for the majority of the season with that shoulder injury. Uh, the Colts beat the Texans today by the score of 22-13. to 13. This, uh, this was also the last game for Chuck Pagano as a Colts head coach as he was fired after this contest as Indy finished the season with a record of 4-12. and 12. Of course, no Andrew Luck at quarterback all season long. I know that Chuck Pagano has not gotten it done over the last few seasons, but at the same time, the Colts front office and the Colts ownership group has not done a good job as far as getting talent around Andrew Luck, especially on the offensive line. The Vikings took care of their business today versus the Chicago Bears by the score of 23-10. to 10. Minnesota ensured themselves of locking up the number two seed in the NFC, while for the Bears, this more than likely will mark the end of the line for John Fox as their head coach. Uh, the Giants were able to get their first victory uh, versus an NFC opponent this season when they knocked off their division rivals in the Washington Redskins at home today by the score of 18-10. to 10. And there was a tone sent this week for the Giants by new general manager Dave Gettleman. He cut offensive tackle Bobby Hart. And, of course, Eric Flowers is hanging on by a thread. Both players did not want to play today due to injuries team felt that they were healthy enough to win and the Giants went out there with an even more makeshift offensive line that they've been playing with all season long and running back Orleans Darkway had his biggest day of the uh, game of the season as he ran for more than 100 yards versus this Washington defense. New York was able to salvage a bad season on a positive note and get their first victory versus an NFC opponent while for the Washington Redskins. Could this be the final game for Kirk Cousins as their starting quarterback? We will have to wait and see. Now, Kansas City was able to go on the road today and defeat the Denver Broncos by the score of 27-24. to Of course, no Alex Smith under center today for KC as he made way to rookie quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And for the Broncos, their terrible season came to an end today. And remarkably, it was their defense who could not get it done late as Denver came back with two touchdowns in the fourth to not score 24 apiece. But their defense could not get off of the field versus Kansas City. And for the Denver Broncos, it looks like another coaching change could be made as Vance Joseph could be out of the door in the Mile High City after just one season. So you look at the standings, and for the Baltimore Ravens, so close yet so far, as if the playoffs had seven teams in each conference as opposed to six, Baltimore would find themselves playing in the postseason, but they just fell one game short. And on the NFC side, it was the Detroit Lions, and it came down to that questionable call versus the Atlanta Falcons. And you go back to that game earlier in the season when the Lions fell at home, they thought they had the go-ahead touchdown and was taken away, and then that infamous 10-second runoff, which uh, cost the Lions a postseason spot. But your divisional winners all around football, New England won the AFC East. There really was no shock there. You had Pittsburgh, who were the top dogs in the AFC North. Jacksonville wins the AFC South. KC takes home the AFC West title. Philly was a team to beat in the NFC East this season. Minnesota won the NFC North. New Orleans squeaked out the NFC South title, while Los Angeles wins the NFC West. <clears throat> and looking ahead with the draft order for April, 
at the 2018 NFL Draft. The Browns are already on the clock with pick number one. The Giants are number two. You have the Colts at number three, while the Cleveland Browns will be picking once again at four. This is courtesy of the Houston Texans, and this comes from their trade last year when the Texans selected quarterback Deshaun Watson. You're going to have the Denver Broncos in an unfamiliar spot at number five, while the New York Jets will pick sixth. Tampa Bay at seventh, while the Chicago Bears are eighth. San Francisco really dropped uh, due to their five-game winning streak as they're picking ninth now, while the Oakland Raiders are tenth. Both San Francisco and Oakland finished six and ten, but by if you talk to most people in the Bay Area heading into the season, I don't think that a lot of people would have expected San Francisco and Oakland to finish with the same record. Miami was also six and ten; they will pick eleventh, while Cincinnati will pick twelfth. The Washington Redskins will pick 13th, while Green Bay will pick 14th. Arizona's picking 15th, while Baltimore is 16th. The Los Angeles Chargers are 17th, while the Seattle Seahawks are picking 18th. The Dallas Cowboys will pick 19th, while the Detroit Lions round out the playoff teams, or the non-playoff teams, rather, as they will pick number 20. And you look ahead <clears throat> to the playoff matchups, Next weekend, you're going to have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Tennessee Titans next Saturday afternoon at Arrowhead, which should be a very intriguing game. Arrowhead is always noisy. It's going to be noisier, especially in January. And will this young Titans team be up for the challenge? Now, Saturday night, you are going to have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Los Angeles Rams. This is a Rams' first playoff game since 2004, and this is also their first playoff game within the city of Los Angeles since 1979. Uh, Pardon me, 1978, of course. They went on the road in 79 to make the Super Bowl, and then, of course, their playoff appearances in the 80s came when they were still the L.A. Rams, but they were playing in Anaheim. So you can expect an electric crowd as they will take on the defending NFC champions. And the Falcons' defense will have to find a way to slow down Rams running back Todd Gurley. But this Falcons' offensive line is going to have their hands full with Rams' defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Now, moving ahead to Sunday, you are going to have the Buffalo Bills traveling to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jacksonville's first home playoff game since the 1999 AFC Championship game. So you can expect things in northern Florida at Everbank Stadium to be electric. But there, I, I, I guarantee you there are going to be several people from the western New York area making that trek down there to Jacksonville as this is Buffalo's first playoff game since 1999, and the people there definitely want to support their team. Now, this game is going to come down first and foremost to the health of Bills running back LaShawn McCoy. Of course, he injured that ankle early on today versus the Miami Dolphins. And if if LaShawn McCoy is not healthy to go, it really is going to hinder Buffalo's chances. Buffalo's defense can go out there and make some key turnovers versus Tyrod Taylor. But the thing is, this Jacksonville defense is no joke, and I know that they're going into the playoffs on a two-game losing streak, but that place will be electric, and the fans alone could potentially carry the Jaguars to a victory. Then you're going to have the NFC South showdown as the Saints and the Panthers will get it on at the Superdome in New Orleans, and this is a very intriguing game because whenever you have divisional foes meeting in the playoffs, it's always tough. And the one thing that I will say about this contest, Carolina was swept by New Orleans during the regular season. It's difficult to beat a team twice in a season. It's even tougher to do it three times. So both of these teams are entering the playoffs with a bad taste in their mouths as they lost on the road today. And one of these teams that finished the regular season with a record of 11-5 and five is going to go into the offseason 
losing their final two games, which is never going to be a good thing. So the wild card round of the NFL playoffs next weekend should be intriguing. We're down to 12, and we are one step closer to Super Bowl number 52 in Minneapolis in February. So, folks, that is going to wrap it up tonight. And as always, I want to take this time out to thank you for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show here on blogtalkradio.com. I'll be back on the air next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. This time I'll be recapping all of the action from the wild card round in the NFL season. Now, if you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at 300 Pounds of Sports. And like I always say, if you follow me, it'll be my pleasure to follow you right back. There's also the Sports Discussion Group on Facebook at the, at the Sports Depot 365. You can check it out. It's one of the hottest sports topic, uh, sports discussions rather going on the web, and you are more than welcome to become a member of that group. You can continuously check me out on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com, where I am the total sports package for the total fan. And I put up a podcast today about the struggles of the New York Mets over the winter. As always, much love to 150 pounds of sports knowledge. She knows who she is, and without her, none of this good stuff that you are hearing is possible. And as always, much love to my wonderful daughter, Penelope. I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a pleasure to watch you grow and grow on a daily basis, and I know that you are going to do some tremendous things in this world of ours. Once again, a very happy and healthy 2018 to all of you out there. I'm William Martin. I'm signing off, and thanks once again for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show here on blogtalkradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.